The computer said loud. Let there be loud. Let there be loud. And, and on the third day, <laughs> let there be loud. Yes. Welcome to church. <laughs> that, that is what Genesis said. I grew up in church. I know this. Verbatim. <laughs> word for word. It said, and on the third day, let there be loud. Speaking of church. Uh-oh. I think I have a new kink. Oh, it's probably the same one I've ha- I have. Yeah. I have a priest kink. Not where I was going, <laughs> but understandable and relatable. Yeah. I, I do have a little bit of a blasphemy kink. Like, oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I think I feel like that's a given. Yeah, I get that. I get that <laughs> one. Just kind of snuck up on me. I'm like... Is it from that vampire anime you watched? No. Although, I guess I could see Priest in that. But now I watched Fleabag, which is a British, like, comedy, like, dark comedy mm-hmm. show on Amazon. Yeah, I've been re-reading The Mortal Instruments and started watching Lucifer. So I'm in, like, this big like angel and demon kind of vibe right now and like that's that's a thing i've been exploring recently i'm like that's a good one yeah that is a tangent well uh, <laughs> welcome to sip and spin um my name is skylar and over here in a cute little dress with a like victorian style shirt underneath is Brittany. hello this is a variety podcast where we clearly talk about anything everything and nothing <laughs> Not excluding or limited to our topic today, what we're drinking, and our religion kinks. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) We're so happy you joined us. (laughs) Yes, and this episode is actually a special, kind of different, because it is a continuation. Yes, we're doing our first two-parter. Yeah, so this is part two. If you did not listen to part one, you might be really confused, so go back to the last episode. Where we talk about the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo, because this will be the end of the book. Yes. Because <laughs> we went through chapters one through 35 last time, and now we'll be going from chapters 36 to 69. Oh, maybe I didn't write the chapters down. I think it's 69. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, 69. Good. That's what we needed. All right. Well, so the topic is the same, but the drink is different. Yes, so it is still my choice, just to keep it the same, and since last week we were supposed to have peach Moscow mules, and I did not feel like making a drink or getting all the ingredients, so we just drank those margaritas from a bottle, Um, we are now drinking the peach Moscow (laughs) mules, Uh, except instead of, uh, it's peach vodka, and there is a peach in there, Um, but instead of peach juice or peach nectar, we had to use grapefruit juice because the store I went to did not have peach juice or peach nectar. So it's peach and grapefruit and mint. So and there's limes. It's just a little smorgish cup. But there's vodka. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what matters. <laughs> These glasses. <laughs> taste ginger beer. Yeah, I taste ginger beer. Which that is pretty Moscow Julian. Yeah. Oh, well, I got a little hint of the of the grapefruit. Oh, uh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the thing about Moscow Mules is like it's very, lots of ginger beer, yeah. and ginger beer is very strong, uh, like strong tasting. Yeah. Not like strong alcoholic, but it, it's got a... No, because there's no alcohol in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's got a uh, 
heavy presence in the flavor department of but I like ginger beer, so it's fine. Oh, yeah, I do too. So I'm cool with it. There's also mint in here. Yeah, I always like like Moscow Mules and ginger beer because it just feels so like refreshing. You're just mm-hmm. like, ah, this is gonna help my day. Yeah, on mm-hmm. the, the Halloween party on Saturday, I just had uh, three uh, blackberry Moscow Mules and then half a fish ball of lemon drop. Fun. Me and Bree split the fish bowl. Actually, did not get fucked up like I thought I was going to. I, I kind of paced myself, so I still had a good time. But like, and I woke up on Sunday and I didn't have a hangover. Life was great, although I did end up with a headache. Um, and I thought it was because I didn't get home until 4 a.m. and woke up at 8 a.m. and didn't eat and didn't drink any water, and so my head was really hurting. And but then. After we went to the like outdoor like street where all the houses are decorated, um, we went out to Waffle House and I ate and I drank water and my head still hurt. I was like, what the fuck is going on? And turns out <laughs> my ponytail was too tight and that's why my head hurt. <laughs> or a combination of all of the above. <laughs> but yes, the ponytail tight can be a reason. <laughs> yes, and then my head was hurting. So that was fun. And then, oh goodness, what else? Okay, so that was Sunday. And I slept pretty good on Sunday night, and then Monday, we were supposed to record, but I still had 10 chapters left of the book to finish, and I would have finished them on Sunday, but I didn't know that I was going to be cleaning carpets on Monday. Um, So we had to clean our carpets, and I didn't get done, what time, I was like, it's like after 5 o'clock that we finished cleaning the carpets, and so... I was like, how about we just record on Tuesday? So that's what we're doing now. It's a Tuesday. Hello, we are recording um, on a Tuesday. And I have not eaten today. And I have drank water. And I got one and a half hours of sleep last night. I got three hours of sleep, so I feel you there. I'm very tired. (laughs) I am running on pure adrenaline right now because I worked all day. And the retail retail work on one and a half hours of sleep, I was pretty sure I was going to kill somebody today. So that was fun. Uh, but now we're here. And then there's vodka. So, <laughs> so I guess we'll just dive in. <laughs> <laughs> How was your week? Uh, my week was fine. I, I'm just, I've been home. I guess I don't have a car, so I'm just stranded here. But Halloween weekend was good. We went downtown. Hung out. Like, we were the Hex Girls. I love that. I'm just gonna do actual Halloween Sunday though. I was just here. It was very chill. I watched Halloween movies, mm-hmm. and my dog was a nightmare. So that was not fun. And then today I pretty much spent all day at a tattoo parlor and just chatted at tattoo parlors. So that was fine. But like I said, I, I didn't go to bed until like five this morning, and then I was woken at seven. So like two. And then I laughed a little bit, so I had maybe like three hours total. So I was very tired. Mm-hmm. And then sitting in a chair at the tattoo parlor for like five hours, not doing anything else, I was just like, I'm gonna fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just discovering kinks like any other week. As one should always do. <laughs> Keep it fresh. Explore your kinks. <laughs> yes. Figure out what you like and don't <laughs> like. Make a little list. I mean, help you your happiness 
Exploring kinks is always fun. Just gotta remember to have fun with it and be safe with it. Now, if you're just thinking about it, you don't have to be safe about it because it's all in your head. But when you're actually <laughs> being practicing... dangerous ahead of you, but when you're actually practicing your kinks in outside of your head, be safe with it. But remember, have a good time and get consent. Yes, <laughs> biggest biggest one there. Hashtag safe, sane, consent. <laughs> Hashtag safe, sane, consensual. Yes. So we are on husband number five, Harry. Yes, we talked about the first four and the, like I said, the first half of the book last time and it kind of ended on this like cliffhanger where Monique is like, I never knew that in one week I would hate Evelyn Hugo and you're like, what? <laughs> that is the exact quote for me. <laughs> I accidentally opened Etsy. <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one just ever accidentally opens it. Yes, so we ended chapter 35 with, I have no idea that in less than a week, Evelyn Hugo will finish her story and I'll find out what this has all been about and I will hate her so much that I'll be truly afraid I might kill her. And then we get into chapter 36. Yes, and this is the the Harry husband arc. Which we are thrilled to be here. Yes. (laughs) And I don't know, I start just, my basic first thing was just like, it's Oscar night. Uh, Evelyn and Celia are both nominated. So I don't know if you have anything before that or if you have anything at all about that. Did we, is that? It's literally the beginning of the chapter, 36. It's where her and Celia talk for the first time. I thought, okay, I wrote Academy Awards, so I was very confused. Academy Awards and Oscars are the same thing. I don't know that. (laughs) I'm telling you. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, so Harry and Evelyn go to the Academy Awards or the Oscars and they are officially engaged. Yes, and um, Celia and Evelyn and Ruby are all nominated for Best Actress. Mm -hmm. So it's like tight competition. Ruby ends up winning. Yeah. So neither of the other two. Spoiler. Yeah. (laughs) This whole thing is a spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) This literally is a conversation spoiler. But what is really important, really, about the Oscar night is that that is finally the first time Celia and Evelyn talk since their breakup. Yes. Because she sees Celia for the first time in five years, and she is breathless, is what she says. And when she loses to Ruby, she goes to the bathroom to cry, and Celia finds her. And then they both talk and express, like, you know, regret and for how things ended. How they both handled the situation. Yeah, which neither of them were handled it very well. And then they fuck against the door. Uh, so <laughs> we love it. Yeah, but I mean, it was important because even like Evan, I don't have her written down, but she was like, and that was just how we like showed like we were both in it now because literally they were at the academy. Yeah, anyone could have walked in. In a public like, restroom. Like anyone could have walked in and found them, but they still were like just going for it. Yeah, because I think it, being uh, together meant more than being caught. What they were willing to risk is what Evelyn uh, Yeah, this is how Evelyn put it. I think I'm happy because Silly's the love of Evelyn's life. Yeah, so from that happens and you you know, hinted like they're back together. Um, Harry and her officially married. And then they moved down the street from Celia and John in Manhattan. 
And I think everyone says something like just they were just a group of four beards. Yeah, <laughs> just four beards. Like, yeah. They all just became this like little family <laughs> of beards, <laughs> which I just thought was funny. Well, after they are all living near each other, um, the Stonewall riots happen. Oh, yes. Yes. And Evelyn is like kind of dealing with her emotions through that by realizing that people are willing to die for what she is hiding. Um, and even though they were all open about their opinions and advocating for the civil rights movement, they felt uncertain about what it would mean if they showed their support for the queer community. Um, so they did, but they did donate money. Yes. And um, Celia and Evelyn lived together, um, but the, they are still having some of the same issues where Celia is hurt by Evelyn's need to hide. And Evelyn feels like Celia doesn't understand that, like, if they aren't hiding, what could result from that? And uh, in that, Evelyn is sensing Celia's resentment towards her being bisexual. And Celia could be very, very cruel when Evelyn won't call herself a lesbian, but Evelyn's not a lesbian. She's bisexual. Right. Um, and that's when Celia says something, how Evelyn has no talent and is only a nice pair of tits, which is yeah. very bad. Yes. Like, Celia, no. Yeah, not... Not cute. <laughs> Not great, Celia. That wasn't great. We Celia, no. <laughs> Bad Celia. <laughs> Smack a newspaper on your nose. Shame on you. <laughs> okay, so, um, like I said, they're all living together. They're all just, like, this big happy couple family. Evelyn and Harry, they're still, like, going strong. It's been, like, a few years now. It's her longest marriage that she's had. She's happy. She's got Celia. But they're still just kind of, like, when they first, like, Harry was like into this idea because he wants a baby and so he kind of brings that up again and Evelyn's like yeah I think it's time like she was feeling it too it wasn't like when Dawn was pressuring her or anything like that yeah. it was like mutually they want that baby mm -hmm. and they said it's time and so uh, Connor comes into the room Connor came yes dear dear Connor yeah and so um, Evelyn has Connor um, Harry and Evelyn actually grow even closer due to Connor. Like, they're both very involved with being parents. They, um, I think also during this time, Celia was away. She was filming, right? I think so, but yeah. Evelyn did talk to Celia about it, and Celia was having some yes. doubts because Celia wasn't sure she wanted children, and then she felt insecure that she couldn't be the one to give Evelyn a baby, but eventually she realized that just because she's not the biological mother of the baby doesn't mean that she can't be a part of the baby's life. Yeah, and we should point out, like, they didn't adopt, like, it's yeah. their child. Yes. Because um, they talked about that, and they just thought adoption would draw more, like, stuff to about questioning their relationship. She didn't want to seem like they couldn't have kids. Mm -hmm. And also, like, they both just kind of wanted it to be their kid. Yeah. And that's fair. Like, they they talked about it all the way through, and... Celia knew as well, and as so did John. So yeah, everyone was in the loop. There's no, no miscommunication this time. Lovely baby Connor. Yeah, brought into the world. And then, like I said, Cecilia was away, giving them like time, just the two of them with their baby. Oh yeah, because she does two movies with, and John is with her while she's doing yes, the movies. Yeah, they're married. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, they grew really closer. They were having a lot of like family time, like cooking, like Harry was doing all this cooking breakfast and all this. Um, and it's like a little family. And then Celia comes back and it's super awkward. <laughs> and Harry says, uh, calls Evelyn one of his soulmates. And Evelyn's oh, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
we are soulmates and I was like oh, there's a oh, oh also <laughs> just because we're here um, I was talking to Landon on Saturday and I was like you know what if when we're like both older we should totally get married he was like okay he was like I, yeah that, that yeah I was like cool <laughs> he was like because yeah, I'll, I'll be going into the military I'm going to get great benefits I was like yeah I know <laughs> that's why I'm suggesting <laughs> and he was like and our taxes I was like he was like that would be good too I was like yeah I know I was like yeah and he was like well and plus it'd be like super easy because I'll be away for a lot of time like overseas and stuff I was like you realize if you're traveling overseas and get stationed like in Japan like my brother is I'm fucking going with you <laughs> he was like oh okay I was like I mean unless you don't want me to then that's fine um I won't go but he was like no I think that would be fine because I mean after the day, the days that I'm gonna have, it's not like coming home to you is gonna be the worst thing ever. I was like, thanks, Landon. <laughs> what you want from us? <laughs> I was like, we'll have separate rooms and everything. Like, it'll be fine. Um, and he was like, yeah, that would be super fun. It'd just be like living with a friend. I was like, exactly. But we'll just have like a marriage certificate. But it's just a piece of paper. It doesn't matter. He was like, you're so right. I was like, so when are you going into the military? He was like, I finished my last class this spring. I was like, well. Do you want to have like a spring wedding? He's like, I feel like if I'm one of those guys who gets married right before he goes into the military, I will lose all dignity and respect. Pretty cliche. I was like, you're right. That is so cliche. I was like, well, we'll get you settled into the military and then we can get married. He was like, I got you. Oh my God. And I told I was like, yeah, because I was reading this book and I was like, it's actually a pretty great idea. <laughs> we never should have read this book. I was like, because it's fine. I was like, and because he goes, but he was like, but aren't you? I was, and I was like, that's not the point. We're not, we're, we'll literally have, <laughs> read this book. <laughs> we'll, we'll literally have separate bedrooms. It's fine. <laughs> we're going 50 style. <laughs> Great. I'm happy for it. I just wanted to talk about that. <laughs> invite me to the wedding. Okay. <laughs> I'll record it. <laughs> like comment on it. Like mystery science theater. It just, it probably won't even be like a wedding wedding. We'll probably just go to the courthouse. You can still invite people to those. Oh, I guess. But then we may as well just have an elaborate wedding. It's not like an actual... <laughs> may as well spend all this money. <laughs> <laughs> just for funsies. Just to experience it once. How do you know you only experience it once? Well, because the marriage is a sham, so it's not like... <laughs> you can throw a party anytime. True. We'll just get married at the courthouse and we'll have a big party at whatever house we decide to live in. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Glad we got that. Pressing topics. Bring kitchen appliances. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. <laughs> so, Celia comes back, um, kind of bursting a little family bubble, and basically is, like, staking her claim on Evelyn, in a way. Because, like, yeah. she makes that really atrocious breakfast, <laughs> and it's very awkward, and they're just staring at each other like, this is bad. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but Celia's claiming Evelyn, so Harry moves back with um, John, and they, like, share custody, basically. And it does, like, they eventually kind of fall back into a groove yeah. after that whole awkwardness. It was like, just, like, a little baby bubble that they were kind of in, and yeah. it was a little awkward. And then it got popped, but then it got back, back to normal. normal. They got 
you know, Celia was with Evelyn, Harry was with John, and they all were coming together to love Connor. Yeah, and it was fine. But Celia still wanted Evelyn to be the, quote, bombshell. Mm -hmm. And urged her to take this role in Masquerade's movie. Yes, she didn't want her to just become, like, the mom type. She still wanted her to be the bombshell that was, but she was, like, worried, like, Mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, And so she pushed her to this movie, and it was opposite Don Adler. And I was like, ugh. And one of the things that was also important about that is that even though Evelyn wanted to still work and be a mom, the way Celia was kind of making it was like, not that she wanted Evelyn to be the bombshell, bombshell that she was, but Celia wanted to be with a bombshell. Yeah, that's one of the things that Evelyn realized. Yeah, and that is talked about. So yeah, Um, so this movie that Celia's kind of like pushing her to doing, the other main star was her abusive ex-husband, Don, which, not cute, but she meets up with him anyway, because she's like, well, I'm gonna have to meet with him Mm -hmm. and see if I can stand stand him to put a movie on with him. And for the first time in 15 years, they meet at a deli and they talk. Yeah. And more surprising, he's sober. Yes. And he apologizes. He apologizes and he promises Evelyn that he's been working on being sober and controlling his anger issues, especially when his anger issues were a result of the alcoholism. Um, and one of the important things is that Evelyn does not forgive him. Oh, okay. No, yeah, keep going. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Evelyn does not forgive him, but realizes that she no longer fears or hates him, which is really important because if you have been abused by family, by a partner, you you do not owe them forgiveness. Even if they've changed, even if they're doing better, you can recognize that they've changed and that they're doing better, but you do not owe them your forgiveness. Nobody deserves forgiveness like it's yours to give or not Mm -hmm. no one can control that but you and sometimes yeah she didn't fully like forgive him really at all but she was just like but i can work with you Mm -hmm. this week can be professional and make a good movie and that's their careers and that's really all that's important at that point yeah so it's a uh, it's a grueling shoot like it's it's an intense shoot this movie that they're doing Uh, so it's a lot of late nights a lot of Evelyn without Connor, a lot of Evelyn without Celia, a little rough there. So all I said, uh, so in this movie that they're doing, it's, it's for Max Schrott, which we didn't really talk about. He was who was the French film director that the with the boobs, yeah. but cut off right before. Mm-hmm. So he comes to her with this idea now for this movie. Um, so this movie had a sex scene in it, and but he wants to, once again, in his kind of way, push the limits. So Max had an idea for the sex scene, showing sex as pleasurable for women, which is something that was new and bold. Like that mm-hmm. is barely done now, but it's actually done a lot more now. But back Definitely then, not back then, not at all. Women were not supposed to enjoy sex. You you don't have it orgasms. It's not a thing. So, but like Evelyn being Evelyn, she's like, oh, I love that idea because mm-hmm. you can enjoy sex. Like some women do like it. Yeah, because Evelyn's whole thing about all of her husbands, all of her sexual experience is not, she doesn't regret it. She doesn't think she, like she said, she was like, this isn't her confessing her sins or anything. This is just her telling her story that, you know, 
sex can be pleasurable for a woman. Women can enjoy sex. Yeah. And, and that's okay. And it's nothing to be ashamed about. Yeah. Or, sh- like, shamed for because if men can enjoy it, why can't women? <laughs> like, it just doesn't make sense. It's more than just procreation. Yeah. And even though Evelyn was all about it because she realizes that there's nothing wrong with it, the media, of course, yeah, does not think that way. Yeah, so it's new, bold, it's exciting, it's going to be make a big impact. Evelyn is all into this idea, but she does not mention it to Celia. No. So, if, I, that's really kind of all I say about that, other than the next, the, the aftermath of that. So I don't know if you want to talk any about that. Well, after she filmed the sex scene, she feels bad that she lied to Celia. Yes. Um, so she's... T- but then she continues to lie to Celia and say that it was Max's idea, um, hoping Celia will be like, okay, that's okay. Um, yeah, so it's already been shot, and it went, like, really well. Like, she liked it. It felt good. But then she felt immediate guilt because she didn't mention anything about to Celia. So she's like, I'm going to go home and pitch the idea to her. But yeah. she she does it in a way where it's like it's going to happen instead of but it it already happened which is not great yeah because <laughs> Celia is like understands why Evelyn wants to do it and how it can improve the yeah, film and Evelyn's like oh great she's into it but Celia is like I don't think I can handle it no it's because and Celia denies it she doesn't want Evelyn to do it and Celia feels bad that she doesn't want Evelyn to do it yeah um. And she, but she promises to work like with Evelyn on her next roles to make up for the fact that she is denying Evelyn this this one thing. Mm-hmm. She's like, this is the one thing I don't want you to do, and I will be there for to everything else. Yeah. Um, but Evelyn, this like hurts Evelyn to hear that, yeah. and so she finally comes clean and tells Celia that she's already done it. And then yeah. Celia leaves. And <laughs> Celia, um, it's on page 267. Celia leaves and she says it's, you know, she's no longer to live with her heart half broken all of the time. And weeks later, John receives the divorce papers from Celia and Evelyn knows that the divorce papers to John actually are the, like, representation of her ending her relationship with Evelyn. Yeah, kind of like um, a two birds type of thing. Yeah. And so she goes to see Celia in L.A. and begs Celia to take her back, but Celia is unyielding. She does not take Evelyn back. That that was the end. They're done. Yeah, and Evelyn, she was even like, like, I'll give it up. Like, I'll give everything up. My career, the people thinking what, like, thinking of me as this. Like, I'll just give it all up for you. But Celia was done. For real. For real. <laughs> for real. <laughs> So yeah, that happened, um, but the movie was a hit. It was a big hit. Dawn got an Oscar, but Evelyn didn't even get nominated. Nope. Weird. Um, maybe because it was rated X, and they needed someone to blame for the scandalous nature of it, because a woman in sex, they're gonna throw all of the love and Oscars and awards at Dawn, the male counterpart, but, like, they just made her out to be this villain in it because of her character. Mm-hmm. And all in all, like, it was successful, but she got ripped apart for it. It just wasn't worth it at all 
for her at that point to even shoot the movie because it yeah. cost her Celia. And so it was just like the double standards mm-hmm. of the world. Yeah, because Evelyn was so angry because, yeah, she lost Celia and then for the next few years of her life she was being slut-shamed by the media, by everyone, while Max and Don were both being like Giving awards for the same thing. Like, uh, but, I mean, that's just how it is. Still is a lot mm-hmm. of times, so. And now we're kind of back to the present day, and Evelyn is once again doing her, like, reiteration of, like, she wants to make sure that she is not seen as a good person. She's like, she keeps telling Monique, like, yeah, I need you to make sure that when you write this book, you don't make me seem like a good person. She says she isn't, and Monique is about to find out why. And that's kind of where we're getting to, like, the precipice. It's like, what is going to happen? Like, mm-hmm. what is happening? Why is it so tense? Um, yeah, because Monique was like, oh, Evelyn, you're, re- you're being too hard on yourself. And Evelyn was like, when the interview is over, you will change your mind. Yeah, and it was like... so in 1980 john dies of a heart attack and harry is devastated i mean he He was 50 and he was a pro athlete so it was Mm -hmm. also just kind of weird yeah (laughs) it was like such a it was sudden it was strange and harry is devastated he loved john so much i mean but evelyn steps in to take care of him and harry begins drinking heavily connor was five also at this point there was a quote it says about harry because of this he was rarely sober always somber and often unkind so it like really broke him yeah because that's not him no so harry is like that quote i was like oh god that's not you harry and then evelyn worries that his grief will stir rumors but she knows better than to like push him to be like hey fuck up because she knows that he is heartbroken i mean he just lost his his lover and yeah. So she knows not to push him, but uh, she still wants to help him. Yeah. And like the Be one there thing about Harry that will like help, she knows, is if he's working mm-hmm. and like has somewhere to put his focus and his energy. So she teams up with Max again to kind of help pull Harry out of the slump to yeah. like work on a movie that's important to everyone. And they actually all three won an Oscar for this movie. Yes, they, they do. Work on. So yeah, Evelyn got her Oscar. <laughs> okay, so during her speech, she does ambiguously like thank Celia to kind of show that she that she still loves her. Yes, yeah, that was cute. And then after the show, Evelyn and Max get hamburgers together. Yes, and what does he do? So while they're standing in line, there's like a mob forming, and like everyone is crowding around Evelyn. Um, and Max <laughs> picks her up and throws her over his shoulder to rescue her. Um, and so they get in the limo with her food, and Max confesses his love to Evelyn. Um, he kisses her, and Evelyn, like, actually desires him. Mm-hmm. She, like, feels that desire for him, which she hasn't felt since Celia. Right. Um, and then the next day, Max sends roses and reiterates that he loves her and hopes that they will be able to get married. Yeah, his note is literally just like, leave him, marry me. <laughs> About Harry. Yeah. yeah. So she does just that <laughs> with Harry's blessing. Yes. Also. Yeah, because she, she tells Harry. Like yeah, when that instantly. happens, <laughs> she, she goes and she's like, 
hey, Harry, look at this. My guy, uh, Max proposed to me, and Harry is like, you should go for that. <laughs> to you, babe. <laughs> Um, which is also like a side note her and Harry were married for 15 years Mm -hmm. which is a long time and they were happily married yes but at this point she's not like getting her needs met Mm -hmm. from this because Celia's gone and that was like Harry was her beard and Harry's reason for supporting her was like he truly does want Evelyn to find love yeah and like they do love each other and they love their daughter but he knows that it's not romantic but that you know, they both deserve to have someone they romantically love. Yeah, and Max, you know, was making the moves on her, and she felt those, like, butterflies staring. Yeah. And that's important. It is important. Because um, you, I mean, it's always nice to have feelings. Yeah. <laughs> butterflies, I guess. I wouldn't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have any feelings. <laughs> <laughs> that's a joke, by the way. <clears throat> I didn't say so now, Emily and Wren. That was a joke. <laughs> Give her shit for it. Please don't. I'll probably cry. You have my blessing. You <laughs> have to have emotions to cry. God. If you can hear my dog in the background, I'm sorry. She's sad because we um, are downstairs. Oh, I didn't say what Harry's chapter was called because I think I've been saying that all for all of them. So for the Harry arc, it was brilliant, kind-hearted, Carter. <laughs> Brilliant, kind-hearted, tortured Harry Cameron. So it kind of went through all those stages because there at the end he was really sad. Poor baby. Uh, so, but yes, now we're on to husband number six. Yes. Unfortunately titled <laughs> Disappointing Max Gerard. Rip. I know, I read that and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Damn. Because <laughs> you get to chapter... 52, um, Evelyn and Max have a ceremony in the desert and spend days in the cabin, and Max quickly, he gets agitated and bored, um, and so they go back to New York, and Max is excited about the press coverage of their wedding. It's very um, ick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this part. And on page 297 is when Evelyn... Uh, she says she thinks of Rita Hayworth's men go to bed with Gilda but wake up with me. And months into their marriage, Evelyn realizes that Max fell in love with Evelyn Hugo and not the real her. Yeah, which is like the idea of being married to the Evelyn Hugo. Which is, yeah, and then so of course Evelyn is heartbroken to realize that another one of her marriages is just not meaningless what she thought it was going to be because she she did like him like she thought yeah, she it was felt the real deal mm-hmm. again like because you'll know in the book the people that she's actually felt something for it was Don and then it was Celia and then it was Max mm-hmm. and that's the only people she actually desired both yeah. romantically and sexually and she wanted to be able to love them and it's just not going well no, because even with Rex, with Ernie, with Mick, it was all part of just a bigger thing. Yeah, it was just her climbing the ladder, essentially. Yeah. yeah. And she thought Max would be one that she could actually... Like, she thought he was going to help her get over Celia. Like, mm-hmm. it was going to be a new chapter, a brush of breath of fresh air. But once again, just after some clout. Mm-hmm. So, Evelyn is also now 50 years old, which is crazy, but still thriving. Living, living her life. Um, 
And then Celia won another Oscar. Okay, that's my next one. Okay. It's not the Oscars. Um, and then I just said, uh, and she gave a cheeky shout out to Evelyn. And if you wanted to talk about that, I didn't know if you had anything on it. I do. I have one. Okay, <laughs> go for it. I didn't know if you wanted to, though, because I, I don't just. I have it written down. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so Evelyn is watching at home and. As Celia accepts the, accepts the award, uh, she warns anyone tempted to kiss the TV to not chip a tooth. Which, if you remember from the last episode, when Evelyn couldn't attend the awards with Celia, she was so happy for Celia that she ran forward to kiss the TV and broke her tooth. So cute! And it made Evelyn cry! Yes, and knowing, obviously, that Celia was talking about her, Evelyn decides to write to her, and they exchange letters, admits that both of them were in the wrong and expressed that they do still have feelings for one another and Evelyn hopes to meet but Celia um, is like pained to learn that Max isn't like Harry or Rex where it was just like Harry she married because they were friends and they loved each other platonically and Rex was just for the public eye but she finds out that Max Evelyn actually likes Max and so that hurts Celia's feelings. Yeah, because Celia in her jealousy still. Mm-hmm. Um, but she does agree to meet for dinner. Yes. Eventually. Um, but that is after that Evelyn uh, says that she's willing to come out and give up her career, um, which is like... A big deal. A big deal, yes. And that was... It's kind of like ugh, Celia, for that to be the thing it takes for you to meet with Evelyn. It's like... I get it, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, it's, it's, it's still on that thing that both of them are in the wrong. Neither of them are perfect. Yeah, and also, like like I said, at this point, Evelyn is now 50 years old. Like, everyone should just do a fresh start. Like, you could do that, essentially, mm-hmm. at this point, because... God, I don't even want to imagine being 50. Like. No, I know. <laughs> I can't even imagine being like, literally I'm turning 23 um, in January, and I'm like, I'm old now. Okay. <laughs> that That's also what me and Landon talked about, because Landon's birthday is a month before mine, um, and he'll be 23 as well, uh, a month before me, and we were like, and <laughs> he said something about how, are people going to like, think that we're lame Go, we're two years over 21 and still going and hanging out in bars people are gonna think we're lame i was like you're so right we're getting so old <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> <guys are> stupid. <laughs> oh my goodness um yeah but like i can't even imagine being 30 right now okay. i'm like that thought terrifies me <laughs> uh, it's just the passage of time is daunting to me you know that I mean, you're I, fr- wrong. I freak out over the the whole thing with the music video from the last music episode we did. I was you like, had a crisis. I had a whole crisis, <laughs> a whole crisis, an entire crisis and a half. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Evelyn goes to the airport, but um, she turns around because she wants to have Celia's letters. Yeah, so she was having like this whole struggle, like oh, because she got to the point where like these letters that they had exchanged were like a comfort item, basically, kind of like a security blanket. And she's like, oh, I don't want to leave them. But she's like, no, I don't need them because I'll have Celia. Mm-hmm. But then she gets like halfway there and she's like, no, Turner, I need my I need my letters. So she goes back into her room to get her letters. And what does she find? She finds Max, who had 
found the letters. Yes. And, and he was, like, passed out when she left. Like, death was dead to the world. And, like, that was weird, I thought. But I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, but he confronts Evelyn. Um, and when he confronts Evelyn, he admits that he's been cheating. Um, and then he calls her a slur yeah. for lesbian. He um, says a few slurs, if I'm not mistaken. Right. He's not very nice. No, he's not very nice. I know the one, but I thought he said something else, too, that wasn't great. He could have. I just made a note of the using, um, yeah. the D slur. Yeah. And he starts, like, threatening her. And it's just bad. Yeah. They have a big, big fight. Um, she still leaves. Yes. <laughs> to go to L.A. She's like, and, I'm still leaving, bitch. Yeah, and she's like, I love Celia. Uh, Bye. Yeah, like he's threatening to like out her and like all this shit if if she goes. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, no, you're gonna stay with me even though I'm cheating on you. And she's like, bad bitch, I'm nifty. No. I'm doing this game. She got her letters and she left and heads back to the airport and heads back to the love of her life. Yes. Um, and it's sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's my next point. Go for it. I've got ice in my mouth. Okay. I like I don't have like specifics. I just have little blurbs. So if you want to go into any more detail about anything, do it. Okay. Um so they meet and they talk it out and Celia admits um to Evelyn that she's dying and has maybe ten years left to live. Yeah. Um but if Evelyn can handle it, they can be together. Mm-hmm. Because this is like like it's they She's left twice now, and it's kind of broken Evelyn each time. This would be one pre-planned final leaving, essentially. And yeah. Celia's like, I don't know if you could handle that, but if you can, I want to do this, like, mm-hmm. with you. I want to be happy in the last years of my life. Yes. Which is very sad. Yeah, it was so very sad. sad. <laughs> it was so sad. Um, we are laughing through the pain, because it was heartbreaking. Yes. Um, but... You know, of course, Evelyn's like, yeah, I just want to be with you. Mm-hmm. Um, so she has to come up with another famous Evelyn plan. Yes. Uh, so how they're going to do this is Evelyn is going to be seen with a younger man, a younger politician guy yes, that Celia Yes, who is like 20s, in his 20s, you know, and she's 50. It's very scandalous. Uh, she's going to get like photographs, seen with him. It's going to lead to a divorce with Max. Um, it's going to make Max look bitter because she got caught with a younger man. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be about, like, anything he claims about her at that point. Like, it's oh, just his jealousy. She's a lesbian yeah. or whatever. It's just going to be like, it's because she loves you for a younger man, my yeah. guy. Um, so it's just going to, like, make him look foolish, basically. Mm-hmm. And then Evelyn, Celia, Harry, Celia's brother, and Connor are going to move to, like, Spain or somewhere. Just, yes, like, they're going away. to Spain. And then Evelyn is going to marry Celia's brother, Robert, that comes with them, so that when Celia dies, her things can go to Evelyn without it looking suspicious. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is, like, the plan they come up with. And now it's like, now we're just going to make this happen. And this is a really important and big step because Celia was part of the plan. She was helping make the plan. I mean, Celia was the one who was like, you should marry Robert. Yeah, yeah, this was all Celia, like... Yeah, this Celia, is what we're gonna do. Celia took charge on this, which is 
a big step for not only Evelyn, but also Celia. It's like yeah. Evelyn finally having someone to work with her and try and stand up for her and make things good for Evelyn. And it's big for Celia because Celia's finally in on it. Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, obviously she was in on the Harry, the John, and everything, but... Like, most of Evelyn's plans were... Right. Celia wasn't, didn't know about it until after it happened. But the big caveat here is moving away from America. Yes. Where, so Evelyn would essentially be giving up a career. So mm-hmm. would Harry. Connor would have to change her whole school, her friend system. But Celia and Evelyn could pretty much just be together at the end of Celia's life. Because if you move to a foreign, small country probably aren't going to care about you as much because you're not the Evelyn Hugo there, most yes. likely. So it's just a way for them to just chill out, basically, and mm-hmm. finally enjoy each other. Yes. Um, and so. Harry doesn't want to retire and move to Spain. Yes, Harry is um, not on board. Um, and he wants them to move to L.A., and then Celia marries a man that Harry has met. Um, but the big is Evelyn's done with acting. She's accomplished everything she wanted to do, and now she's just ready to be with her family. Yeah, it's like the idea of Spain kind of bores Harry. The idea of continuing this same and same out of Hollywood bores Evelyn. Like mm-hmm. she just wants to be with the kids. She wants to be with the love of her life. So they're like they're like for the first time kind of in their life. They're disagreeing. It's like clashing, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> Because the one thing she was counting on was Harry to, like, be, like, all for this. Yes. Yeah. And, and didn't he wasn't. And, okay, a lot of things are about to happen. Yes. It's not great. It's not good. Um, Evelyn asks her driver to stop by Harry's place on the way to the airport. And as they get close to Harry's house, Evelyn sees a car wrapped around a tree. Harry is... It, in the driver's seat and a uh, man that she doesn't know is in the passenger seat. They pull Harry out and Evelyn is holding him close and like begging him to stay alive and suddenly um, she realizes that Harry can't be driving the car because she knows that Harry has been having issues with his sobriety after losing John um, and she fears that Harry was drunk while he was driving. So well, he literally just left her at the yeah. hotel, and he was drinking with yeah. him too. Yeah, it, so she just knew. Yeah, she's like this. No, and, um, and so she. The man was dead at the scene. Yes, the he was already scene. dead. Yeah. Um, so she has an idea to pull the other man into the driver's seat and to take Harry to the hospital. Yes, because Harry isn't dead. Um, no, he kind of like she can sense he's moving a little bit. Um, so yeah, everyone gets a plan, they put the other kid in the seat, she gets this poor cab driver <laughs> to take Harry to the hospital. Yeah, and she's like, gives him money to be like, hey, shh, sh- 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 money. And then, so, like, they get into the hospital, Evan is, like, trying to be like, okay, how do I give him blood? Can I just, like, get this blood off my clothes and put it back in him? Like, she's not having a good time. No. Um, it's like Evelyn, babe. I'm so sorry, but it's not how it works. And unfortunately, um, Harry died soon after that. He just lost too much blood, mm-hmm. so he died at the hospital. The doctor couldn't do anything. Um, Evelyn lays in the hospital bed with him until he passes. Yeah, this is so sad. So this is six months later. 
This article comes out on Now This, September 4th, 1989. Wild Child, Blind Item. Which precocious Hollywood prodigy was caught with her pants down? And we mean that literally. This daughter of a former A++ list actress has been having a rough time, and it appears that instead of lying low, she's going wild. We hear that at the age of 14, this wild child has been MIA from her prestigious high school and is often seen out at one of New York's various high-profile clubs, at which she's rarely <clears throat> sober. We're not just talking alcohol either. There seems to be some powder under your nose there. Apparently, her mother has been trying to get a handle on the situation, but things hit the fan when Wild Child was caught with two fellow students in bed. Written like a true sub rosa. Yes, but it was now this. Yeah. (laughs) Written very similarly to the sub rosa that was written about Evelyn. Yeah, exactly. They found a new target. that was about Connor, mm-hmm. obviously. You kind of get that, even though they don't say it right then and there. It's just hinted at. Next chapter. Um, so Evelyn is just trying at this point to control her 14-year-old, which I was like, damn, 14, doing cocaine and threesomes, baby. <laughs> but I guess Manhattan teens, man, they're scary. I watched Gossip Girl. <laughs> right, I think Gossip Girl, some girls. <laughs> so yeah, so Evelyn's just like, what do I do? So they plan on Spain again, mm-hmm. essentially, is what they come up with. She is giving Connor, like, she's going to give Connor a lot of freedom in Spain, but she just asked for two things from her. Like, she's trying to, like, get her to agree to go. Mm-hmm. She, Connor has to have dinner with her every single night, and Connor has to go to a therapist. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two things, like, Evelyn is asking from her daughter just to kind of rein her in. Um, at this point also Evelyn like comes clean to Connor about Celia and like all of that like not every single detail she says like she'll learn about that on her own but she like really is open with her and honest and just like I just want you to have dinner with me and I just want you to go to a therapist Connor was just like kind of in a sad way she was just like okay I mean I don't care but okay Mm -hmm. (laughs) like she just Typical teenager, but she was very hard. She was very close to her dad. Like, they made that mention throughout the book a lot. She was a very big daddy's girl. And he was very, like, he was the the fun parent Mm -hmm. when it came to, like, their parenting styles and all that. So, she was going through a rough time, but she was also, like, very teenager. Like, nothing, I just don't care. Nothing matters to me type of thing. But she did agree to those terms. And that leads us to our last husband's segment. Yes. So Evelyn marries Robert, Celia's brother, and they all move to Spain. Yes. And it's agreeable Robert Jameson. <laughs> so that's a nice uplifting title. <laughs> yeah. And while they're in Spain, Connor is slowly like coming back to life and she actually gets super close with Robert. Um, and, and she got into Stanford. She got into Stanford. Yes. yes. And Evelyn, like, realized that she's like, oh, I did the right thing. I made the right decision. Um, and Evelyn is living the life she dreamed of, spending every day with Celia. And she begins speaking Spanish again, which is really, really important. But they are regretting the time that they've lost as Celia's health gets worse. And one night, Evelyn is like, we should get married. Um and even though they can't legally, they make the same vows. 
And from the from that moment forward, Evelyn refers to Celia as her wife. I thought Celia's vows were really cute. Or if I do want to just read that really quick, please do. So this is on page three forty eight. Celia says, Evelyn, I have been in love with you since nineteen fifty nine. I may not have always shown it. It may ha- I may have let other things get in the way, but know that I have loved you that long, that I have never stopped and I never will. I closed my eyes briefly, letting her words sink in, and then I gave her mine. I have been married seven times, and never once has it felt half as right as this. I think that loving you has been the truest thing about me. She smiled so hard I thought she might cry, but she didn't. I said, by the power vested in me, by us, I now declare us married. <laughs> I almost cried during this part. I got a little, <laughs> I I got a little teary. I got a little teary. <laughs> it was so stinking cute. And then, yes. Did you just have that first paragraph? Because I did. But if you wanted to read it six years later. Oh, you can read it. Yeah, I just read that one. Can I read this? Well, I don't have the full paragraph. I just have like oh. a summary, like six years later. Uh, I was just going to yeah. read the first paragraph because it ties it up really well. Mm-hmm. So this is the very first paragraph on chapter 60. Six years later, after Celia and I had spent more than a decade together on the beaches of Spain, after Connor had graduated from college and taking a job on Wall Street, after the world had all but forgotten about Little Women and Boot and Train, and Celia's three Oscars, Celia Jameson died of respiratory failure. She was in my arms in our bed. After Celia dies, Evelyn falls to the ground and Robert is beside her and is um, and Evelyn cries for losing her soulmate for the last time. Yes. And then her funeral happens. And I thought this was important just because Evelyn could not hold it together. Oh, yeah, I do have this. I oh. just needed to scroll further down, but go do for it. Do you want to cover it? So basically, she couldn't hold it together at her funeral, and so she sought out Harry's grave. Mm-hmm. He was there, um, also in the same like burial place. Yeah, because Celia was buried near Harry. Mm-hmm. But she just, like, she wanted her best friend's support because she just lost her soulmate, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like that thing where you just need someone to talk to about it, but you don't want your soulmate to, like, see you sad. Like, it's that sort of thing. Just wanted his support for the loss of her great love. But the media was there, of course. course. And they saw her sobbing at Harry's grave. And they twisted the fucking story, took all these pictures about her. And thus the idea for, like, it just made it seem like she was grieving her ex-husband with her new husband over there at his sister's grave and like they just twisted it so bad yeah and it just made her feel like shit and like look like a bad person but really she was just seeking out her best friend's support for losing the love of her life but this is also where she got the idea for the book because mm-hmm. she's like in that moment she realized she needs to tell she the has whole to truth. take it into her own hands yeah so it's like no one is ever going to believe me mm-hmm my next sentence is and they moved back to New York and then Robert died oh okay <laughs> yeah so, like she keeps losing people yeah so Evelyn does remain married to Robert until he dies um cause they moved back to Manhattan they work with charities and they spend time with Connor yeah. um and after Robert's death Connor stays with Evelyn um now she urges her to leave and when she does Evelyn realizes how truly alone she is and that's when she hires Grace you know, who we met um, 
At 39, Connor is diagnosed with breast cancer. Late stage. Late stage, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, and Evelyn spends every moment supporting and caring for her until Connor dies 18 months later. And from then on, at 357, it says Evelyn feels the devastating luxury of panic. Yeah. Always. Which, that was another thing. Like, that's what happened also um, when Harry, like, Harry died. It was, like, the devastating panic. And then Celia died. It was the devastating panic. And then this mm-hmm. one was just, like, they kept, like, reiterating that. It's just slowly just Evelyn just losing everyone she's ever cared about. Everyone. In what seems like a really short amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> But, of course, it was, like, spread out, but it's still, like, I think the way they wrote it to make it seem mm-hmm. like it happened so quick is probably because if you're living that, it does seem that quick. Yeah. Like, it's just a sucker punch after a sucker punch. Mm-hmm. So I really think she did that well with the writing. Okay, so now um, I have chapter 63. Do you want to say anything more about this chapter? Let me know. Because this chapter is literally one page. Mm-hmm. And so I just liked what it was saying because it was just um, everyone kind of reiterating mm-hmm. what she wants from the book. So, um, what she says is, That's how my story ends, with the loss of everyone I've ever loved, with me in a big, beautiful Upper East Side apartment, missing everyone who ever meant anything to me. When you write the ending, Monique, make sure it's clear that I don't love this apartment, that I don't care about all my money, that I couldn't give a rat's ass if people think I'm a legend, but the adoration of millions of people never warmed my bed. When you write the ending, Monique, tell everyone that it is the people I miss. Tell everyone that I got it wrong, that I chose the wrong things most of the time. When you write the ending, Monique, make sure the reader understands that all I was ever looking for was family. Make sure it's clear that I found it. Make sure they know that I am heartbroken without it. Spell it out if you have to. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was like that was just literally the whole thing she's been trying to uh, tell. Yeah. And then my note is just all of page 359, which is also just one chapter. I don't know if you want to take over this one and any sort of summary you have. Just that's <laughs> chapter 64, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Monique, um, she turns to comforting Evelyn, um, assuring her that most people will feel the same as she does and make the same decisions. Um, but a, um, Evelyn gets up and hands Monique a crumpled piece of paper. She tells her, she tells Monique that the man she left in the car was a man named James Grant, who is Monique's father. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. And Monique is pissed. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Monique is not having a good time. No, she is furious because um, both Monique and Monique's mother were told that he was the one who had driven drunk and died and... So because of that, you know, his his legacy, his name was tarnished and, you know, he was just considered a drunk driver. Um, and that's when she realized that she hates Evelyn and is afraid of what she might do to Evelyn. Um, however, Evelyn does urge her to read the paper because it is a note from James, Monique's father, to Harry. Um, that he was ending his affair with Harry for the sake of his family. Monique and her mother um, and Monique is like oh shit, my dad was in love with Harry yeah, my father was in love with the man um, Monique assumes that Evelyn only like requested her to like make amends and Evelyn is like no I found my like right to die piece and she just knew that Monique could tell a complicated story intelligently and empathetically and um, Evelyn Evelyn is fully aware that um 
she cannot make up for what she's done and she does let Monique decide what to do with her story and even though Monique hates her she still wants to write the book and Evelyn finally reveals that she has breast cancer and Monique will be able to release the book soon. Yes. Um, and then also, that's why it had to happen so quickly, the photo shoot happens. Mm -hmm. So that was arranged. Um, I don't talk too much about it. My next one is more after that. Do you talk about it at all? Okay. So Monique gets home and finds... <laughs> The coffee table. That oh yeah, yeah. David took from her. <laughs> the, the whole coffee table. Hey, um, <laughs> here's your coffee table back. Oh, and also here's this letter uh, for me saying I'm sorry for taking it and thanking Monique for being strong enough to end their marriage. Yeah. And Monique realizes that without Evelyn, she never would have been able to end her marriage with David, stand up to her boss, and be an author. Um, or ever learn the truth about her dad without Evelyn. Yeah. Um, and at the photo shoot, Monique is overwhelmed by how, like, commanding Evelyn's presence is. It, like, when Evelyn first came down the stairs, Monique was just, like, in awe. And, like, at the photo shoot, she's even more in awe. Um, and like finds she still has a, that commanding yeah. presence. And Monique finds herself captivated. Um, and after the photo shoot, Monique says goodbye to Grace. And do you want to take over then? I don't go into too much detail. So what ended up happening is Evelyn gave Grace this like, big vacation time randomly. Mm -hmm. um, because Grace was kind of under the impression that Monique was still going to be working on the piece with Evelyn during this time and so she would be there to like kind of like take care but just keep Evelyn company mm -hmm. until Grace got back and Monique's like oh no we're done and Grace is like oh that's weird and Evelyn's like no absolutely still go on this vacation go have fun with your family you deserve it Grace leaves and like Evelyn and Monique they tell each other goodbye you know it's whatever um but very quickly Moni kind of comes to the realization that Evelyn has no intention of dying to breast cancer. Mm -mm. She is ready to take it into your, her own in, hands. In pure Evelyn style, fashion, like she saw what her daughter went through. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that was never Evelyn's style to just let something else control her. Yeah. Type of thing. Um, so then Monique kind of struggles with... And then, of course, my first thought went to, like, the way it was, like, phrased. It was, like, Evelyn, like, on page 375, um, she was, like, she wants to die now. And my first thought went to <laughs> Diogenes, how one of the theories about how he died was he just suddenly, he just held his breath until he died. <laughs> yeah, I can't picture it. Fabulous Evelyn Hugo, just, like... <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> Guess I'll die. <laughs> Hold my breath. <laughs> oh, goodness. But yeah, so, like, Monique is on her way home, and she's, like, really struggling internally about what she should do. It's kind of like a bystander effect she has going on in her mind, because mm -hmm. she's like, if I know this is some something that someone is planning do I go stop them? Or is that even my right? And it's like this whole internal struggle she's having. Yeah. And she's like not stepping onto the trains and she's like trying to talk herself into going mm -hmm. back to Evelyn's house. 
And the more it goes on, she eventually realizes she ended up stepping onto the subway. Okay. She got on the subway. She realizes that Evelyn deserves to die with dignity. If that's what she wants. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it, who is she to control her life mm-hmm. or her? Um, so I thought that was an important thing, just to kind of have that thrown in there at the end. It was just, like, an interesting thing. Um, and it also kind of goes back, I think, to that one topic piece she covered, which got her noticed mm-hmm. also by Evelyn, because it was a similar thing that she had written about before. And she's like, well, that I mean, it's everyone's choice, it's everyone's right. So Yeah, because she was writing about assisted suicide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of like a full circle type yeah. of thing almost. Um, but yeah, then uh, Monique went home. She went to go see your mom. Yeah. And she wonders if she should tell her mom the truth. And so she asks her mom about um, their the marriage between her and James. And her mother just was like, straight up told her the truth. Yeah. She was like, it wasn't passionate, but it was intimate. Very similar to Evelyn and Harry. Yes. They didn't have any romantic passion, but they had a very strong platonic. They loved each other. Intimate love for one another. And they loved their child. And they, it was very similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she doesn't know if she will tell the truth about her father's death in Evelyn's biography. Um, She just, she just wants to know that like for herself that she's going to do whatever's best for her mom, whether it's it's part of Evelyn's story or not. It's, it's about her mom. Yeah. So she's very like into like, I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet, but I'm going to do whatever is best for this woman I love. Mm -hmm. So. So at age 79, this is just a summary of okay, yeah. Yeah, um, Evelyn dies from an accidental overdose in her home. Accidental. Mm-hmm. The everybody say everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, in June, Monique releases an excerpt from the book. Um, in it, she describes Evelyn's search for truth and most importantly informs the world about Evelyn's wife, Celia. Yes. And so these are the last two pages of the book here. It's like a little clipping, kind of like how the newspaper articles did, but it's um, like Monique's piece that she gave to Vivian about the book. Vivian, Vivian, I was never sure how to say it. I I'd say Vivian. I went back and forth. So it's called Evelyn and Me, June 2017, by Monique Grant. When Evelyn Hugo, legendary actress, producer, and philanthropist, died early this year, she and I were in the process of writing her memoirs. To say that spending the last couple of weeks of Evelyn's life with her was an honor would be both an understatement and, to be frank, somewhat misleading. Evelyn was a very complex woman, and my time with her was just as complicated as her image, her life, and her legend. To this day, I wrestle with who Evelyn was and the impact she had on me. Some days I find myself convinced that I admire her more than anyone I've ever met, and other days I think of her as a liar and a cheat. I think Evelyn would rather be would be rather content with that, actually. She was no longer interested in pure adoration or a salacious scandal. Her primary focus was on the truth. Having gone over our transcripts hundreds of, hundreds of times, having replayed every moment of our days together in my head, I think it's fair to say that I might just know Evelyn even better than I know myself. And I know that what Evelyn would want to reveal in these pages, along with the stunning photos taken just hours before her death, is one very surprising but beautifully true thing, and that is this. Evelyn Hugo was bisexual and spent the majority of her life madly in love with fellow actress Celia St. James. 
She wanted you to know this because she loved Celia in a way that was in turns breathtaking and heartbreaking. She wanted you to know this because loving Celia St. James was perhaps her greatest political act. She wanted you to know this because over the course of her life, she became aware of her responsibility to others in the LGBTQ community to be visible, to be seen. But more than anything, she wanted you to know this because it was the very core of herself, the most honest and real thing about her. And at the end of her life, she was finally ready to be real. So I'm going to show you the real Evelyn. What follows is an expert excerpt from my forthcoming biography, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, to be published next year. I have settled on that title because I once asked her if she was embarrassed about having been married so many times. I said, doesn't it bother you that your husbands have become such a headline story, so often mentioned that they have nearly eclipsed your work and yourself, that all anyone ever talks about when they talk about you are the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo? And her answer was quintessential Evelyn. No, she told me, because they are just husbands. I am Evelyn Hugo. And anyway, I think once people know the truth, they will be much more interested in my wife. And yeah. That is the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. Yes. We hope you enjoyed this. Yeah, do you think we have a really time fucking good book? For any questions? I think so. We're only Ooh. an hour and forty four minutes. Okay. I, I only have like three. Uh, but I guess first off, what would you rate it? A nine out of ten. Yeah, I think I gave it like a four out of five. Right. Just because I only do everything on Goodreads, and you can yeah. only go to five. Yeah, four out. We'll, we'll go four out of five. But no, I really liked it, so I can see why people made mm-hmm. such a big like ordeal about it. I loved it, and I do think it would be an interesting movie if it ever got turned into one. I think you should play Evelyn. Me should play Evelyn. <laughs> I am not Cuban. No, no. <laughs> I am much too pale. <laughs> I'll be Celia. I can be mean. Jealous. Yeah, you're I a Scorpio. A redhead. That one that wasn't you? I think so. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you should be silly. Perfect. <laughs> because I think you're gonna say Harry. So excluding him, okay. who is your favorite husband and why? Okay. <laughs> I think I know who you're gonna pick. Otherwise, but Robert. Okay. Yeah. I kind of thought you were gonna say Rex, just because we talked about that also. Rex. But yeah, no. Rex would have been as well. Um, I think his, Robert his, being Celia's brother. Celia's brother, and like you know, she he was there for her when Celia died. I mean, and they were there for each other. I and mean, Connor loved him. And Connor truly did. Like she he really re- kind of stepped up to that dad mm-hmm. role b- without ever trying to replace. Perry, like they yeah. mentioned that in the book too. Yeah, because he was like, I want to be there for Connor, but I'm not here to replace Harry. I'm here to be yeah, Robert to, like, genuinely for care Connor. for her. Yeah. yeah. It was really Which cute. I thought was so special. <laughs> yeah, no, I love that. Who is the most surprising husband, in your opinion? For either good or bad reasons. I almost want to say Don, but at the same time, not, because it kept alluding to yeah. that it was going to be just kind of hoped it wasn't going to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I kind of think, like, in, like, a good way, like, Rex was one of the more surprising ones. Yes, in a good way. Because I was Rex. waiting for it to turn. And then he was just like, she was like, no. And he was like, And, like, I, that was surprising to me. Yeah. Like, I was waiting for, like, a push scene, and it was like, I don't want that. But no, it was fine. I was like, 
good. Yeah, so in a good surprising way, definitely Rex. In a bad surprising, maybe Max. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, you just wanted her to be happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it was gross. And this was something you kind of touched on earlier, and I was like, oh, we'll talk about it at the end of the questions. So, did you trust Evelyn Hugo to be a reliable narrator for her part of the story? Because you kind of alluded to, like, we'll never get Celia's side because she's dead. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel about Evelyn being the sole narrator? Like, do you think she's reliable enough? I think she is. Because her whole thing was getting the truth out there. And, I mean, when Evelyn messed something up, Evelyn was like, I messed this up. She was completely honest. She was like, I screwed this up. I did something wrong. And then she was like, but also... Celia did this thing wrong and then but I also did this thing wrong but then I did this thing right and Celia did this thing right it was like very she was just completely upfront about all of it so I think she was reliable I don't have this one written down but since we are still talking about it what if it was reversed what if Celia was the narrator and Evelyn was dead I don't think that Celia would be as reliable as Evelyn I think Celia would have tried to hide a lot of stuff she might have pushed like a lesbian agenda yeah I think on Evelyn like she was like denying who she was or something like that I think I think that could be but more along the lines of seeing yourself look good yeah trying not to accept any blame or um trying to make both of them see either make her seem perfect or make both of them seem perfect whereas Evelyn was like no we were both not but pretty shitty sometimes we were both very (laughs) flawed yeah I, I agree with you yeah that this question just came to me because I was mm-hmm. like, oh, interesting if they like ever released it from Celia's point of view or something. Mm-hmm. Like up until she died, I think she would have gotten more truthful at the end of her life, maybe. Or you think it still would have been just the same? I think maybe she would have been more honest about what was going on in like Spain and everything about that, but um, still would have kind of rushed over. Yeah, because yeah. as much as Celia wanted to like come out and like she didn't care about her career in the sense that if she got banned from acting for being a lesbian or for being with Evelyn she still had a very like conscious about her image she was I also don't think we mentioned but another reason why Celia could have that mentality like I don't care about the fame or the acting Celia was already rich she was born into money. Yeah, that's true. Um, but Evelyn was dirt poor. Mm-hmm. So that's and why Evelyn had to work her ass off to That's get up why there. it was also a big strain. I don't think we ever talked about that. But no, yeah, we didn't. So Celia was like, it doesn't matter. And Evelyn, at one point, I think even she was like, of course it doesn't matter to you. You have money to fall back on. And like a family who would take you in, even if they don't support you, like you would be fine. I would be on the streets again, essentially. Mm-hmm. So that was another big thing. Um, to keep in mind and then my last question is if you could meet and interview one celeb at the end of their life who would it be just one and like you got trusted with telling their story and all their juicy secrets I think no one's going to be surprised by this answer (laughs) okay (laughs) can you take a guess I have a guess (laughs) go ahead Van McCann do you think he has juicy secrets though? I don't Isn't know. Is he pretty open? <laughs> yeah, he's very, very open. But I don't want juicy secrets. 
secrets. Yeah. But at the same time, I just like, I want to know everything. That's fair. <laughs> I'm not surprised, but I just thought I'd ask. And plus, my case. dream is to be able to just like have drinks with him and talk about absolutely fucking nothing. And yeah. I, yeah, I mean, yeah. tour stories would be cool. I'm not sure. So. Yeah. Like, I just want to sit down and talk with him. <laughs> In some shitty bar. I wish you guys could see the logging. <laughs> She's just forlornly looking back behind us at the wall. Her eyes are a little glass. I love Van McCann so much. We know. <laughs> what about you? I feel like I would have liked to interview Kurt Cobain before he died. That would have been a really good one. Um, I think just because of all of the shit that Hollywood has placed on him without, like, I just, I would love to interview Johnny Depp. I would just want all of the truth out there on that whole situation. That whole thing upset me so much. I just, I just want him to get his truth. That's, I just want Johnny, the best for Johnny. Okay. For anyone who doesn't fucking know or doesn't... <laughs> How could you not? Fucking whatever. Amber her. was not abused by Johnny. No. Johnny was abused by Amber. Yes. And, but people were... Happy to leave her in all the movies and kick him up all of his. Yeah. She could chop his finger off, people. <laughs> Men can also be abused. And yes, it is not talked about enough. We are so yeah, I've never heard one person ever say anything bad about him. Nope. Come on. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I probably just I'm talk to Johnny. Cause I love him. I mean, he's been acting since what the late eighties, early nineties, late nineties, late like that. Late eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the first uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Didn't that come out in the eighties? I have no idea. I've never watched it. I don't watch horror movies. But it's like when you're first like serious, like love of your life, Winona Ryder, you got her tattooed and you're still like best friends. Like, that's a good dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, come on. I'm just going to let you know that this peach slice after it's been soaked in the mule tastes so good. I was about to like dive into that myself. Yeah. But I guess we can spend first <laughs> before I do that. Let me finish my peach. <laughs> yeah, any final thoughts on the book? It was just really good. And yes. I think everyone, if you haven't read it, you should. Because yeah, even though we talked about it, like, yeah. we still left out a lot. We did. And it's really important to just read through it. I mean, it's such a good book. And it's, it's a quick read. Now, granted, I put it off because I procrastinate everything in my life. But it, it is, it's, it's, it re, it's like, what, 400 something pages? But it reads fast. Yeah, it's actually only 380 pages. Okay. And a lot of the pages are like those newspaper articles. Mm-hmm. So they're like even shorter and like quick reads. Yeah, it just reads super fast and it's 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 an interesting amazing. story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you like like the old Hollywood glamour or you just like would she like tabloid stuff. Me and Brittany are both obsessed with all of that. <laughs> it's a good read. Good characters too and like mm-hmm. good um, diversity. And complex characters. Yeah. I mean those... Like, it's, like, no one is truly good or, like, evil. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just people. <laughs> Morally gray humans. So. Sugar Ray. <laughs> <laughs> A book of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> That's who you'd interview. Did Fruits Basket. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm going to try to listen like. 
We didn't have as many good one-liners. <laughs> I didn't say anything stupid that made you laugh. I'll try better next time. Uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> You're like, please don't. You don't need help there. <laughs> you don't have to try. Okay. Well, cool. It's fine. It's fine. I'm just going to send this and just spin the damn wheel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So our topic for next week is going to be cooking. Woo! It has been a hot minute since we've done cooking. The last one was with my brother uh, before he went to Japan, so... That's been a bit. So yeah, we'll cook some good food. We'll try to be more prepared again with questions. Yeah. <laughs> like our second episode. Yeah, it was like... The first cooking episode was rough. The second one was much better. The third one was also rough. Chaos. But... I mean, you the put, third one ended in a Ouija board session. Like, I don't know how. Yeah, and like suddenly I believe in ghosts. So, so we'll see what happens this time. That's what happens when you put two siblings in a room, um, especially ones like me and Brett, who are best friends but also worst enemies. Like, I would absolutely die for Brett, but I would also kill Brett if they like, looked at me wrong. One of you might be the murderer. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And we will be drinking a drink we like. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Love that for us. So we're just going to be having a good time. We'll be cooking, drinking something we like. Everything is going to be awesome. It's going to be peachy. So peachy. <laughs> I don't even a peach. Get Did you it? catch Brittany's Get pun? it? Get it? I hate it here. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> I despise it here. <laughs> no. No, I don't. I actually quite like it here. <laughs> don't be gross. Anything else? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. <laughs> if you want to follow the podcast, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram and TikTok at Sip in Spin Pod. We finally posted a second TikTok, and by we, I mean Brittany. It <laughs> <laughs> was a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it was. <laughs> There's captions and everything. Between two days. <laughs> So yeah, at Sip and Spin Pod, or you can email us at sipinspinpod at gmail.com. If you want to find Brittany, you can find her at Whimsy Dream or Whimsy Dreams, depending on what the app let her have at that time. Um, and if you want to find me, you can find me at GleamYKS on all social media. But as always, all three of the link trees for the show, myself and for Brittany, will be down in the description below. Yes, and if you have any cooking topic suggestions, let us know those too. Like, for real, for real. Yeah, like, just <laughs> talking points or questions. Or games. Yeah, just literally anything. We don't know what we're doing still. No. But it's fine. It's been uh, 31, episodes? 31 episodes and three bonus episodes, and we still don't know. Where we're so a total of 34 episodes, and we're still... Uh, struggling <laughs> yeah um we may have some breaks with the holiday season coming up i'm not sure yet we'll just have to see when we get there but we'll keep you updated yeah we'll try to make it up um maybe we can start playing some more youtube games or something i still gotta complete my sims challenges yeah but yeah just look out for us we're yeah. around and we'll see you next time Bye. Thank you for listening.